and we're live on the air. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Court Sage Hart. I'm here with my other host. Yeah, Tape over here, Cordo. How are you, bro? I'm going well. You've had a fresh haircut, so I'm not entirely convinced it's you. I think it's like a, a twin that's shown up. Yeah, I figured out the best way for me to achieve anything in life is just to replicate myself. So the other half of me is at home right now playing PlayStation. Yeah, so like for context for people, AB's gone from having this like flowing 70s rhythm guitar hair to now like, it's pretty sharp like. It's short. It's short. That's That's proper short. It's like an American crew ad haircut. Yeah, Yeah, so I think I might have lost about three and a half kilos. That's actually not a bad tactic for me to get my weight where I want it to be. But you've been well? Yes. You recovered from the move? Yes, uh, thereabouts. Yeah, <laughs> loosely back. Um, but it's more. It's actually just a weird time to move in itself because there's so much changing and things yeah. are starting to creep open. So there's like an air of almost weird anxiety that you should be going to do stuff. Yeah, which in itself is weird. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. So I'm no psychologist or anybody who knows genuine stuff, but it's probably a thing. <laughs> I'm sure it's on a blog somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but look, uh, this is going to be a, sh- a shortish episode because we're, we're, we're doubling up. We're doing another episode afterwards, but it's very uh, AFL-heavy special edition episode. So we thought for our international friends, we'd give them something that isn't completely irrelevant or confusing to them. Yeah, so we're going to be sharp as always. Yes. Deliberate. Intentional. Yes. Some other adjectives that I can't think of right now. Exactly. Now, look, my favorite segment is when you tell me about a TV show that you have managed to get through your... uh, My own personal gates? Yeah, your sort of heavy cynic hat (laughs) that erodes any show's chance. Look, I prefer to call it the... The approval of AP. So if you were to look into into my head, there's like 12 little APs sitting around and they've all got a verdict and they've all got an idea... But effectively, there's a lot of gates. Uh, it's like any government form. Just when you think the show's ready to go through, you've actually got to fill out the back page because you forgot to sign it properly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so and have it witnessed. Yeah, and it's like by, but it's not just witnessed by anybody. It's by like somebody who has also recently travelled to Antarctica, but while not doing it via boat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, so again, funnily enough, I'm actually onto a, a slightly newish show. Um, mm. So this one came recommended to me from the States. Uh, Netflix, I'm not sponsored by them, but probably like to be. We could, we could get some money to make a TV show. Uh, but this one's called The Queen's Gambit, okay. um, which is pretty dramatic, but effectively it's about chess. About chess? Yeah. The game? Yeah, the game. So the Queen's Gambit's a move. Um, it's an opening. Um, but they've done this weird thing where they've really spent a lot of time. It's like loosely built around some truths. Like the, it was based off a book and they've sort of picked out some truths from different people across the years involved in the chess world. And it follows this young prodigy, um, orphan sort of girl. Um, and she's just unbelievable. Like the best you've ever seen sort of thing. Um, but the whole thing's all about, you know, they're discussing like opening moves and castling and, oh, rook to pawn, queen, seven. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't know what's going on there, but geez, <laughs> that that must be a move because the crowd's all like, shit, did you just see a 
move that piece where she's technically allowed to move it by the definitions and rules of the game. I can't believe she just did that. <laughs> and everyone is just like, yep, yeah, move, baller. Um, but look, to be fair, it is, it is, I, I'm playfully uh, having a dig at it, um, but it's actually quite good. I'm fascinated because for it to draw you in and for it to be about chess, there must be some awesome, it must just have a really good vibe. They've done the chess really well, and I'm a peak nerd, and I love playing chess. So, so they've made chess like exciting. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing that, you you know, the clock thing on chess. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of like, and you're like, whoa, Jesus, like that's fast. Whereas when you actually play chess in real life, it's normally somebody like grabs a bit and then moves it, and then the person goes, oh, you can't, I wouldn't do that if I was you, or you can't do that. <laughs> There is actually there is actually a YouTube video out there of some guy, I think he's like a Scandinavian chess prodigy, and he's playing someone else. And in fact, this sounds terrible, but I'm fairly certain this is it. He's in, I think, India or Pakistan, and he's obviously gotten into the local cuisine the night before. And midway through the game, let's just say... Uh, hasn't gone well. It hasn't gone well. There is a, a slight follow-through, <laughs> and he literally... <laughs> Like you see him at the thing, just go, <laughs> and then he taps out of the game. He, but he hits the buzzer thing <laughs> for his turn, and he just leaves. Oh. so it's not that. <laughs> no, not that. Oh, there's a, there's a whole backstory about how she's all got these like dramatic problems, and so she like a Rain Man kind of thing. Yeah, she just loves chess. She's just like this, just insane mathematical probability. Sees moves, loosely got a drug. Alcohol habit from a young age, all that kind of fun stuff. You oh, know, as, nice. As with anybody who's in your project, since just like, I just woke up one day and it's real good. Yeah, the classic like tortured genius. Yeah, yeah, everyone loves a tortured genius. Um, but no, look, the show's really good. But I, I was sort of just more of a very interesting that again. There's this like I don't know how you just randomly can make like chess isn't the most exciting thing. Mm. It's very exciting if you're into it. Into it. Yeah. Um. But to make it in a television show enthralling, I think they've done a really good job. Mm, interesting. This is also coming from someone who couldn't deal with 75 different horses at a time, jumping over cop cars. In Yellowstone. In Yellowstone with 75 <laughs> different assault rifles while a kid randomly nearby punched a pony. I don't know. It was all happening. <laughs> <laughs> so they made chess sexy. Yeah. The ultimate challenge. Yeah. Chess, like I can see that because it's the whole classic like when you're a nerd in school and then that becomes sexy as you get older, right? Like I was in the chess team in my primary school and high school and early years and I remember being like roundly and soundly ridiculed by peers for that. Could you do the Sicilian defense? No, I, I don't. I think see? I just... chess terms. This guy. I was terrible. <laughs> I'm on board. And let's just say I was the only white guy in the chess team as well. <laughs> so I was even an outcast in the chess team. <laughs> But that, uh, I think like back then it's seen in a bad way, but yet I reckon if you tell people now, oh, I'm actually like ranked seven in the world at chess, there's prestige to that. Oh, it's like got that very, um, you know, it's very intellectual. Yeah. It, it seemed to be that you're able to see things far in advance, um, you know, you're problem solving in real time. You're playing a dude. You're trying to read what they're going on. A whole bunch of shit going on. Yeah. I mean, to me, to be fair, one of the reasons I actually love NFL is that the way the offenses and the defenses work is probably more similar to how chess works, where it's all these moves and inter-moves 
that people are doing for misdirection. You know, they're yeah. throwing away a play in the first quarter um, to set up a look that in three weeks' time they might try emulate and the team goes, oh, I know what they're going to do here. And it's a complete bluff. So that's one of the reasons I actually enjoy NFL. AFL doesn't quite have that. No, we're more like connect four. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> if I get the ball and I kick the ball, then I win. <laughs> yeah. But now it's just like if I get the ball and then illegally dispose of it but don't get pinned for it and do that enough and then trickle the ball over near that end, I win. Or it's like Battleship. Like it, on the outside, it looks like it's quite a complex, sophisticated game, but you're effectively just taking pings and hoping you hit something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you on at the moment? I actually discovered the beauty of Amazon Prime and even more so because I'm mooching other people's accounts. So there's something satisfying about that. First are you full, are you, question, are you full mooch or are you mooching just a couple? Are you in that very, that glory phase where there's like, because there's a lot of different streaming accounts now. Yeah. And I'm, you, I'm using two people's accounts with my own profiles. So on my iPad and the Xbox, I'm running separate accounts. So then that way I don't raise, hit their screen limits. Yep. Um, and I've even called my profile mooching. Wait, so you've got, you're on Amazon for both. Yes. See, that's, that's a pretty, you've gone really hard in the paint there. Yeah, that's. See, I thought you were using Amazon on one and then you had someone else's for Netflix and then someone else's. No, no, for no. I've got Stan. someone else's Amazon running on my Xbox and someone else's Amazon running on my iPad. You've really gone in deep on Amazon. I'm pretty much off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've uh, discovered that they have every single Top Gear episode ever. And I've just gone back and started watching Top Gear. And I realized I used to watch it every now and then, but I forgot how awesome that show actually is. That's an incredible... I've watched, to be honest, pretty much all of it before the main three dudes left. Well, and now they've got the Grand Tour on Amazon, which is effectively just Top Gear with a new name. Like, they're basically doing the exact same stuff. They're racing Ferraris. They're trying to build a boat car and take it over a channel and they're pretty much saying jokes that you basically had to stop saying in 1988 they kind of (laughs) lost a little bit of it with the grand tour like it just just like with anything a run i mean because you nearly said that was like season 23 yeah it was it's yeah they they went for a long time but they're just good it's just a great show well their collective net worth like jeremy clarkson's worth a hundred million pounds or something so imagine getting to that level of financial status off the back of going, hey, BBC, we're car journos. We just want to like drive around in cars and like be in a warehouse and talk about what we do. And they've gone, yeah, cool. Well, the big thing, Jeremy's actually, um, he was, he's from money. Ah, oh, is he? Yeah, so that's his whole, that's actually kind of weirdly one of the things that makes it kind of work in a very bizarro way. He's got that pompous arrogance. That yeah, works. so like when he's in, so you and I are in a Ferrari and we're like, oh, <laughs> woo, Ferrari, yeah. He's in a Ferrari and he's like, he's, he's got the threading of the leather and he's like, what is this? Yeah. I, are you, oh, is this quality? This isn't quality. I know, what, I know what quality is. So it actually kind of works. Like that's why he's so aggressive and he's yeah. also in a position where he's driven a lot of elite cars. Well, they were all like car journos who were all sort of like fired from multiple jobs. Yeah, because they're bagging out good cars. Yeah. Because they weren't good. Yeah. 
there. So yeah, I've enjoyed watching that, and I've, there's something about watching. It's like a fantasy where you kind of go, I hope when I'm 54, I'm like whizzing a Lamborghini with my mates in some Italian village. Yeah, they they just have done a really good job. They're always funny to go back in. And see, even, even when they're trying to do that, they do this every now and then. They'll be like, oh, I'm bored. Like this car is just not fun. Yeah. And they're, they're sideways in some limited edition Bugatti thing yeah. uh, that Porsche came in to do the brakes for or something weird like that. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, just it's got no, it just is missing something yeah. as they're sideways. I was watching an episode the other night and, you know, they do the celebrity in a cheap economical car thing. So for the people that don't know, each week they get a celebrity guest on and they have to drive in like a piece of garbage, like it's like a Daewoo or some, or a Kia. Yeah, something like that. And everyone goes around the track and they keep tabs on whichever celebrity gets the fastest time. So they keep like a Hall of Fame. And it was the one with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz and they were on the press junket for some garbage action film. I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, Cameron Diaz does this amazing lap and ends up top of their thing of like 80 celebrities. And watching Tom Cruise's whole body, like that anxiety that just hits him instantly because they go, oh, let's watch Cameron's lap first. And you just see him, for a guy who is a leading Hollywood man, the worst acting performance of being happy for your (laughs) co-star. You can see him like just, Instantly wanting to cancel the whole show and get his publicist to shut it down. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well done, well done. It's so cringe. But then him, I didn't realise, he's like a professional driver. Yes. That's his thing. He loves being, he just goes out and tries to be elite at yeah. random things. So he then crushes it and ends up top of their list and then goes full Tom Cruise Oprah when he was with Katie Holmes, like doing the fist bumps, like, yeah, like on the couch celebrating. I think the thing I always enjoyed about that, um, not to digress too much, is just some of the different stars I would get who are, who are either car nuts or actually really good drivers. Yeah, like Mr. Bean. Yeah, Rowan Atkinson. He's a competitive racer. Yeah, he's in insane. Free time. Um, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. He's incredible as well. Well, he's now the host of Top Gear. Yeah. Which is so weird. Joey from Friends is now the replacement host for Top Gear because the old pompous Yorkshireman got sacked for being <laughs> racist and punching people. <laughs> what a pivot. Um, but yeah, love that show. But look, I put something out on Instagram on our page. I was thinking the other day off the back of your, like those awesome times to have a beer. And I was like, yeah, when you're like having a beer after a game of golf, you really get into it because you're in the golf kit and you're in that mindset. And much like when you have the shower beer, you're in relaxation mode, right? Is that golf beer depression? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how you ease the pain. And I started to think, because like international travel is effectively destroyed for at least another six to 12 months, like those exciting elements are going on into other countries. I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about how episodes ago we talked about when you watch like Yellowstone, you start going, should I buy a horse? Like... You watch Batman and you're like, could I take people in a fight with the right amount of training? Yeah, it's got a special name for it. I think it's just called being a male. (laughs) (laughs) Where I recall reading somewhere, it's just like, not a lot of people have to live with this this inner burden that I have that every time I walk down the street, that at any moment I have to be prepared for that car 
to do a triple somersault flip over me, yeah. what would I do? What am I going to do? Am I going to run up the wall and do a backflip? And then am I going to kick the goal? <coughs> you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. It's And yeah, like you see something and you instantly start to go, could I get into it? Yeah. You see a guy walking to German Shepherds. Could I have German Shepherds and train them? Yeah. <laughs> could I pull them off? Yeah. You see a Mr. Whippy like an ice cream truck. Could I work in an ice cream truck? I probably could. Like <laughs> anything goes. If your eyes are drawn to it, you start to convince yourself. So I started to think when you go back out in international lands, I ask people, what are some of those cultural things that you shamelessly just go hard in the paint on when you're in another country? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I've got a couple. I, do you want me to go on? Yeah. yeah you, do, you, do, you want in, do you want things that people enjoy or do you want things that other people hate? Uh, let's go other people hate. Okay. The I, theme of that, I mean, our show tends to take on a very derogatory tone towards things. Uh, so I might got, as well do it. Uh, you can get the questions out later, but I just, yeah. this is just my chance to have a genuine pot. Okay. One thing I hate when, so I've been to the States a few times. Yeah. Every time I come back, without a doubt, I don't even have to play the game called Spot the Aussie or Hear the Aussie. I can see them from kilometers away at the airport at LAX or San Fran or Dallas, wherever the hell it is I'm coming in from, yeah. look up and I see some Adidas tracky pants, <laughs> some thongs, <Yeah. laughs> a Lakers jersey. It's always got to be a Lakers jersey yeah, with a New York hat. Like a Yankees hat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, and then like there's normally at least, you know, they're always, I think it's like, I think it used to be gate 11. I could just be making that up because it makes my story sound better. Yeah. Um, but you see them congregating and there's, there's, literally 50 jerseys like a hundred hats going on i'm just saying yeah yeah nah bro like yeah and he's like oh god guys at least if you're gonna kid up which happens yeah like you gotta you gotta city it yeah exactly but you're right like that's where aussies go too far getting into the culture they see guy like they're in la yeah i got a rocket lakers jersey man except sorry it's more like oh Good rock like a Lakers jersey, bro. Like, look how good this looks on me, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about getting into pickup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go like mine goes the other way. I go into the whole like I came in northern Italy. I need linen pants, a linen shirt, a glass of rosé, and cured meats. And I need a dine al fresco in the sun. Yeah, and you're also trying to figure out how you can steal a yacht. Yes, exactly. Look, look, that's look, a fair, look, that's a fair call. Like there is also, there is those like, I guess those attire traits that you kind of fall into because it's kind of part of it. Yeah. Like I remember being in Russia and I'd obviously watched Eastern Promises <laughs> within 12 months of being there. And I got, put on like the big trench coat. I slicked my hair back. So it was like wet. Went to a bar and proceeded to drink as many vodka shots as I could to try and fit in. And then sort of started to realize halfway through, I think I look like a sort of semi-dangerous Russian guy, but I think I just look like a knob trying to be cool in this bar. <laughs> and at any point in time, I could get dragged into a Range Rover and disappear, end up on a boat in Taken. <laughs> I like it. Do you think like if you went to Colombia, you would get into the whole like white suit, Pablo Escobar moustache? Well, look, let's be fair. I... Probably can make a case for a guy who could pull off Mexican. You actually could. Very, very quickly. You do have some 
Netflix Narcos season four coming soon vibes about you? Well, I do. <laughs> I do often get referred to as. So my mum will hate this one, but um, uh, Pedro Pascal. You know how sometimes you can get a couple of photos that if you do the right angles, it can kind of look like you. Yeah. Had a photo um, of Pedro Pascal, which I'm more than welcome to send you, and you'll see it. I sent it to mum because uh, some other people are like that's you. It's all over. And then um, mum was like, oh, such a great photo. It looks really good. Who took it? And I was like, mum, that's uh, the dude off like Game of Thrones and a few other things. And I was like, no, I knew it wasn't you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you had no idea. <laughs> but if I shaved in a moustache. Yeah, well, I mean, until you cut your hair last week, you could have pulled off sort of a, like a farmer from the northern like highlands of Chile. Yep. Now you've got a little bit of a like Argentinian investment banker vibe going on. <laughs> <laughs> But look, some of the stuff that got sent in, and I will say the majority of these came from one of our good Kiwi mates, big fan of the show. So I put out there, like, what are some of the stuff you can get into, like spaghetti in Italy or wearing a G-banger in Brazil? Classic, right? you got to wear a G, get the buns out. Uh, one of our uh, big fans, who I believe is a mate of yours, Alexander, he said, why just Brazil? <laughs> so, remind me to never go to a hot climate location with him. Uh, we had our mate Dane say, you got to just get right into getting on a tuk-tuk in Thailand and get right into that. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That is a cracker. Also, you got to add in that at least at least in some point, someone's bought some bintangs. Yes. Well, so moving on to bintangs, <laughs> our mate Jeff, Kiwi Jeff, everybody knows Jeff. Most of his relate to drinking, which is quite <laughs> hilarious. He's gone the whole Bintang uh, big bottle thing in Indo. Classic. Given. Uh, he's gone a wet t-shirt competition at Spring Break in Cancun. So I'm assuming that means he's adding himself in, wearing the white tee and getting splashed on the chest and trying to compete. Now he's talked about when you're in Fiji getting into kava, which is otherwise known as dirty dishwater. Have you heard of this? I haven't. This is like a traditional or a an old school Fijian drink that is effectively like grog, like rocket fuel, grungy, just dirty booze. But it ends up being like a sedative and it's made from some rare like fruit thing. So obviously Jeff's getting into the old kava when he goes did, to Fiji. I mean, alcohol was probably like a sub because you can do that for anything. There's all like the traditional like sake yeah. type. You know, vodka, like different different sort of drinks that sort of tend to go with certain cultures a lot. Yeah, and that brings out you getting into the culture. Like you go to Japan and you start to pretend that you can in any way, shape or form tell the difference between a sake when you drink it. Yeah, and that you probably could be a samurai. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then he's mentioned Crate Day in New Zealand. So Crate Day is like the first Saturday of summer. Everybody goes and buys crates of beer and you share them with your mates. That's and not a, a thing. I know. It is. It's on Google. Bullshit. It's an actual thing. Crate day. This just feels like a movement that just picked up enough traction yeah. and is now a thing. Exactly. But then he's done. This one is a belter. And I will admit I'm guilty of doing this in the past. Euro shorts in the south of France, <laughs> which can also be applied to the south of Italy. We're all guilty of wearing shorts. We're effectively, whichever testicle hangs lower on you, one is in a very serious danger of getting sunburnt. The shorts are so short. <laughs> or when you sit, it's just 
a fruit pouch like being squeezed into a shopping bag. You still got them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I think the best part is when everything goes back to normal. I can't wait to get in and embarrass myself. As is tradition. By diving into other cultures and me thinking I'm integrating, but if anything, we're standing out like a sore thumb. It kind of weirds me out that we sort of talk about this, but then objectively I'd say for people coming here, we don't really have those tropes. But maybe that's because I'm naive and I am here. What do you mean? Like you're a European coming to Australia and it's just like, oh, I can't wait to have a VB. <laughs> You really set the bar low. Yeah, or all the people that come here and go like, oh, I want to have a Foster's and you have to let them know literally no one in Australia drinks that and I couldn't even tell you where you buy it from. I mean, the big classic one is you do obviously hear that one a lot, which is like, oh, I can't wait to get to the beach. Like, you guys just live on the beach. It's like, oh, we don't really. Beaches, well, we do, but any good beach is a bit away. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really have like outwardly cultural behavioral things that you could spot from a distance in another country, like wearing a kimono if you're going to Japan. You know, we don't have anything like that, but we certainly have like, you got to go see a kangaroo in Australia. Yeah, we've got a vibe, which is, oh yeah, that's the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, summed up. <laughs> exactly. Now, do you think you're going to be one of those older cats that, subjects your grandkids to all your sort of travel photos i don't know travel photos are kind of like a weird thing now this is what i was thinking like what happens now in the future like you show your grandkids your tiktoks <laughs> you say it in such an old timely way it's like the facebook's the tiktoks yeah um i don't know photos are in a weird spot because it's almost like when you've had when you have less photos, the photos you have are worth more. But now that you literally have the greatest camera in existence at your fingertips, you're kinda of like, man, someone else will take the photo. Yeah. Now look, on the topic of we were talking about Australiana cultural stuff. Just for a bit of fun for our international listeners. We have a newspaper in Australia, the N T News, which is the Northern Territory News. I think it's based in Darwin. Uh, now, much like you get those gags of sort of rural newspapers, country newspapers around the world, the NT News is our very own just bizarro headlines that are often very Australian undertoned. So I'd encourage anybody to go out there and list and find the NT News and look at some of their classic headlines. I'm guessing you haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, it reminds me, I think it's, is it the Daily is it the Daily News, the British one that does it a bit? I think so, yeah. They're always, and they're like a pun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought like for our international listeners, for fun, we should read out some of the absurd titles that I found online that have gone to publication and been printed. Okay. All right, shoot. The first one, Trouser Snake on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> Which was ironically delivered like around the time that Snakes on a Plane came out. Has to. Yeah, but Trouser Snake on a Plane. <laughs> a handyman was fined for committing an obscene act <laughs> on a plane next to other passengers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a UFO cut off my car on a highway. <laughs> These are amazing. Sawtooth, a crocodile was found after a, a crocodile stole a man's chainsaw while he was in the middle of cutting down a tree. That's clever. 
Yeah. Sawtooth. It's pretty good. That's really good. These are elite. And these are so Aussie. Um, this is great. <laughs> the Pugitive, which is a play on fug- uh, Fugitive. Some rebel bikies fleed cops. Uh, and while a cop was, sorry, while they were fleeing the cops, he fell off his motorbike into a massive pile of horse manure that happened to be on the side of the road. Oh, uh, the old Back to the Future move. Yeah. So he became the Pugitive. <laughs> Another one. This is my favourite. A cabbie. He left a dump instead of a tip. (laughs) (laughs) That's shocking. (laughs) Anyway, Cordo, I think think we're about done in our random little trope stories of the day. Mini episode. Uh, Yes, but um, but look, everybody out there, stay tuned. Uh, Get around the Instagrams and the Facebook recently. Uh, We're going to be running a contest. Don't know what that is yet. Uh, still working still, out the specifics. Yeah, it's like Monopoly. We're trying to figure out exactly how we can rig it and off-sell stuff. Uh, like that guy who got done. <laughs> uh, but it won't be as complicated as uh, piecing that all together. So, but look, stay tuned. Um, this otherwise, Cordo. Yes, thanks, mate. No, thank you, folks. Take care. Don't forget sidelines.com.au at the sidelines media on social media handles. We're on Spotify. Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our website. If you want to listen to any episodes, even the old classics, we'll be back again with you soon in a few days' time. Thanks, guys. Bye.